Can changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Vaden and Rex. All right, welcome back to another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today, Vaden and I had the pleasure of interviewing Marcy Mearns, a certified classical homeopath. And for a lot of people, they don't know what homeopathy is. And so this is just a great uh, episode for people to really, A, find out what it is and really learn more in depth. So people, hopefully, I mean, I would think that after you listen to this episode, you'd be intrigued to be like, huh, well, maybe I'll go get some Arnica. Or maybe, you know, um, Marcy said at the very end of the episode, like if she had one remedy, it would be rescue remedy. So, um, yeah, she's you know, such a such a wealth of knowledge on the subject. And for me, I didn't know a ton about homeopathy. We've worked with Marcy um, for the last couple of years, but heading into that, I knew literally nothing about it. Um, so to hear her talk about the history of it, talk about applications, um, how the remedies are made, it was really enlighten, enlightening. I feel like a lot of people are going to get a lot of great information from it. And like you said, they're going to leave listening to this podcast wanting to Google a little bit more about homeopathy, but be cautious when you Google because there's a lot of information out there that's not correct or a lot of questionable information of, of, of what it is. But, you know, we'll put some stuff in our show notes that was good. She mentioned this guy, I'll, I'll butcher his name, but Luke Montagnier, um, Nobel, <laughs> Prize, <laughs> Nobel Prize winner. Um, and this guy... I, here's the quote he said. It's, it's pretty incredible. I mean, this is a guy who's a Nobel Prize winner. He did work with discovering AIDS back in the day. Wow. And he said, um, he said, I don't know if all homeopathy is right. So, but I can't, he, said, I, he said, I can't say that homeopathy is right in everything. What I can say now is that high dilution, which Marcy talks about, are right. High dilutions of something are not nothing, which is a common misconception with homeopathy. And this is a big name guy coming out, making a stance and saying, this is legit medicine. This is legit. This is something that we shouldn't just overlook as witchcraft or fairy fairy kind of stuff, fairy yeah. placebo effect stuff. And um, Rex and I have experienced this with our kids. You know, you know the placebo effect test doesn't work when you're giving it to a six-month-old or a five-month-old that doesn't know what medicine you gave them and the symptoms change instantly. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I think for a lot of people maybe listen to this that haven't used homeopathy um, can really get out of it is, you know, a lot of times you're scared to give something to your kids because of adverse reactions or side effects. I mean, all these drugs now have all these crazy lists of side effects cool thing about with homeopathy it's so safe that you can give it to a you know a brand new baby which is um you know great and obviously if you're going to do that i recommend connecting with a certified homeopath but um it's a great interview and for everyone out there that maybe hasn't known about homeopathy or or me going you know a couple years ago i thought i knew what homeopathy was but i was completely wrong until i really started to work with marcy and kind of dig into it so um I'm super grateful she took the time to, to share all that knowledge with us. Absolutely. Thank you, Marcy. And thank you guys for listening to the episode. Hope you enjoy it. I'm super excited today that we have a really special guest that both Vaden and I know. And uh, her name is Marcy Mearns. And she is a, is it classical homeopath? Is that how you put it, Marcy? Yeah. 
Certified okay. classical homeopath of all things. Certified classical homeopath. Well, welcome to My Corner Universe. We're super excited to, to have you on. Um, why don't you tell us first um, kind of how you got introduced to homeopathy and um, from there we'll kind of just maybe just do a brief overview of what homeopathy is for people that don't really know. Sure, sure. Well, I'm a mom and uh, gosh, it's been close to 30 years now uh, that my daughter was born. And um, as most parents have had some kind of a health challenge, you know, with their kids. And, you know, my family was no different than any other in that, uh, you know, my daughter had her bouts of ups and downs and off and on antibiotics. I, you know, I was always on the natural end of things, trying to eat well and, you know, stay away from medical interventions as much as possible. But one thing and another, she just wasn't getting any better with um, bladder infections and rounds and rounds of antibiotics. And finally, a mom I knew from my mom's group said, hey, why don't you take your daughter to this uh, homeopath person? And I'm like, well, I don't know what that is, but I'm at the point now where, you know, we're tired of the that pink amoxicillin liquid coming up. <laughs> you know, barfing all over it. So long story short, went to the homeopath, um, interview, asking all kinds of questions that you might think, wow, what does that have to do with anything? But the miracle really for, for me, for my daughter, for our little family at the time was that uh, after that visit to the homeopath and a, a single dose of a homeopathic remedy, her whole uh, infection cycle just stopped and she was back on track and this was something that the regular doctors weren't able to do amazing so yeah it was really a, a eye-opening and life-changing experience so i'm like whatever this is i want to know more how old was your daughter when when that happened we went to see the homeopath at about five months um okay super young oh yeah super young just a baby um and as I said, through the through the mill of going back to the back to the doctor and you know another round of antibiotics, and then you think, oh, they're better now, they're better now, and then boom, not good again. And at some point, you know, the kind of out of desperation. Um, and as I said, I've been interested in herbs and you know healthy eating for you know twenty years prior to all this, but I'd never heard of homeopathy. And like I said, one trip to the homeopath, one dose of a what I now know to be a pretty standard, simple homeopathic remedy based on my daughter's symptoms, our family history, boom, she just stopped having this cyclical infection thing. And, and so from there, did you kind of just dabble in it, continue to go back to the homeopath when you needed to, or did you just kind of start diving in going, well, I want to know more about this? Well, you know, when you're a parent of a five-month-old infant, and by then I think I'd had gone back to work, <laughs> so part-time, uh, I couldn't dive into anything full-time. But I um, so continued my relationship with the homeopath and started reading uh, what I could about how to use homeopathy at home for the little simple things that happen, you know, um, bang, she hits her forehead on the corner of a coffee table. I'll never forget that one where you can see the thing. You're just like, oh dear, an egg is about to come. Right. But I knew by that time that I could use Arnica 
the little pills, not the cream. I was into the little pill thing, um, the little blue tubes. And we were able to take care of a lot of first aid situations. And when we couldn't, that's when I would go trotting back to the professional homeopath um, for help and guidance and for her uh, remedy recommendations. Because I, you know, at some point I realized, wow, there's way more to this than just doing this first aid thing. But I don't know what it is. She's she asked me these crazy questions. I don't know why, but I do know that things get better uh, pretty quickly when we do what she says. So it was over. Well, I I finally decided to go to school um, to become a trained homeopath when my daughter was eight. So I right. spent you know eight years as a home what I call a home prescriber. And gotcha you know, got more full of myself as time went on. <laughs> so let's take a step back. And for people that are listening to this that might not know what homeopathy is, why don't you kind of talk about its origins and maybe just give people a uh, kind of a general description of what you sum it up as. Sure, sure. Um, and I, I just want to preface my remarks by saying that what homeopathy is not. Okay. Just in. Okay. Two things. Some people get homeopathy confused with herbs or herbal medicine. I was one of those people. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of overlap, but I'll try and be clear about the difference. So we're not herbalists, and we're also not naturopaths or naturopathic doctors, you know, the ND. Mm-hmm. Although naturopaths very often will use homeopathic remedies uh, as part of the protocols that they do. So. With all that being said, homeopathy is a system of medicine that's been around for over 200 years. And so it's holistic. The whole person is treated, in other words, not just the physical symptoms, uh, but very often the mental and emotional component of illness is the critical piece. So we treat the whole person using what I like to call microdoses of naturally occurring substances. Um, The microdoses are prepared in FDA-supervised and authorized homeopathic pharmacies. So there's an actual method that's very standardized. The method's been around for over 200 years of preparing the homeopathic remedies. Um, And... Yeah, those are the microdoses. Where did it um, originate from? Homeopathy started in with the German doctor and translator, Samuel Hahnemann, so in Germany. And Hahnemann's seminal work uh, is called the Organon of Medicine. And in that Organon of Medicine, of which there are uh, six editions, so he, revi- he continued to revise that throughout his lifetime. The Organon of Medicine lays out Hahnemann's understanding of health and disease and how we can use remedies or medicines prepared in the homeopathic manner to affect cure in a what he calls the disturbance of the vital force. So when we get sick, there's some kind of an energetic disturbance. Similar to uh, what you might think about when you consult or go to see an acupuncturist. Okay. 
So you go to an acupuncturist and, you know, sometimes they'll take your pulse and then, you know, you say, well, I've got a headache and here they're sticking a needle in your foot (laughs) because there's a disturbance of the whole organism that needs rebalancing. And so probably homeopathy is most similar to acupuncture in that sense that those microdoses um, are stimulating a rebalancing of all systems on all levels. That's, that's very interesting um, because the first couple of times I did acupuncture, I was kind of confused of, Hey, I went in cause my shoulder hurt and they're like, okay, give me your big toe, you know? And you know, I was confused of why does that matter? But that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Marcy, my question not to get too far into the weeds because I'm assuming there's probably a lot of people who will be listening to this podcast who have never uh, taken a homeopathic remedy and when you see them, they look similar, they taste similar. Um, can you elaborate just a little bit more on, on how they're created the, through the essence or the energy or the potency, um, just so people kind of get a grasp on, you know, how, what, what makes, I'm just trying to think of somebody listening to this podcast so they can kind of get a better grasp on what is a homeopathic, homeopathic remedy? You know, what is belladonna? Like, what is, how is it made? How is, how is arnica made? Obviously, don't go too far in the weeds, but just so the layperson can kind of understand what yeah, what yeah. it is. No, that's a great question, Baden. Because one of the things um, we need to be aware of right now is that um, homeopathy in this country used to be part of, you know, the let's call them the frontier doctors' medicine bag. They'd use arnica in preparation. Um, again, you know, homeopathy is 200 years old. Uh, at the turn of the last century, 1900s, there were something like eight, 900 homeopathic doctors in the state of California. Wow. So homeopathy used to be part of what we might call, quote, regular medicine. Um, now, because of, you know, the rise of pharmaceutical industry, that's a whole, that's a weeds we won't bother to get into. <laughs> but um, homeopathy fell by the wayside. And, you know, we lost our ability to uh, use homeopathy part of standard medicine. So what are, uh, what's involved in the preparation of uh, a substance like, um, Baden, you mentioned, um, the medicines, well, we call them remedies, medicines. I'll, I'll just use remedies since I'm not a doctor, okay? We start with... In the case of a plant, it's usually a tincture. And this is where, let's, you know, I mentioned herbalism earlier. Herbalists will work with um, leaves, roots, tinctures of plants. And they may even use uh, many of the same plants that are used in homeopathy, but they're used in a little bit different way. So the preparation is standardized. We might start with a tincture. And through the process of It's a two-step process that involves dilution and then something called succussion. So the succussion is like a a slamming of the jar on a firm surface. And what that appears to do is to create something that we now know through modern research that's happening in India. This is like a nanoparticle Mm. that's created within the liquid. And so then what will happen to go a step more potent in the preparation of the medicine, another dilution, and another succussion or pounding. Dilute and then succuss. 
dilute, and succuss. And as we do this, you can imagine that the original, let's say, belladonna tincture essentially disappears from our preparation. But what remains is what we is a very potent energetic medicine that retains the healing characteristics or powers of that particular original substance without the toxins, without the toxins, shall we say. You know, there are concerns that belladonna, you know, in tincture form um, can be poisonous. But this was part of Hahnemann's genius. He discovered the, a way to take substances that are normally toxic and create a non-toxic uh, medicine that actually has the ability to stimulate healing within the organism. So substances like mercury he potentized, belladonna, of course, he potentized. Now, this potentization process, which is the diluting and succussing, that's what's supervised in the pharmacy. And the strength of the remedy, whether it's a 30 or a 200, um, really refers to how many times it's been diluted and succussed. That doesn't make it homeopathic. That just makes it a potentized uh, remedy. What makes the remedies homeopathic, homeo being like, and pathic referring to pathology, um, I'll give you an example. We have a homeopathic remedy called Allium Sepa that's made from red onion. Now, anybody who's chopped onions knows probably what happens. If you right. chop too many onions, your mm -hmm. nose starts to run, your eyes start to water, sting and burn. Those symptoms are symptoms that belong to the action of the red onion. Now, homeo or like cures like, that's the expression we use in homeopathy, um, gives us the key to choosing the right medicine. So if somebody comes or is looking for a homeopathic remedy that might help with their allergies, and let's say the allergies look like you just got done chopping onions, you got the runny nose, you got the burny, stinging, watering eyes, then homeopathically speaking, the allium sepa or the red onion could be the right medicine to recreate balance. So that's what makes the remedy or the medicine homeopathic is that the symptoms that belong to that red onion are similar to the symptoms that you're having when you're sick. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. It totally does. And I, and I also know just from working with you that it's not necessarily good for people just to always self-diagnose and say, oh, I have allergies, let me take this one, but that there's also an aspect of each person's individual body function that factors into that too, correct? Yeah. And with that, I would say that for those who are interested or want to get started or just, you know, give it a whirl, there are some really good combination remedies that are available over the counter or, you know, you can get them online uh, if they don't have a health food store in your area where, uh, for example, the, there's a, an allergy combo. I think they changed the name recently, but the Bluetooth people, um, you know, have an allergy combo that basically what they did is they, they took several homeopathic remedies that have different kinds of allergy presentations, threw them all into one preparation, and that stuff works pretty well. 
if it works. Yeah. If the remedy that you need is in that combination or like the cough combos for kids. I always recommend that parents get a bottle of the homeopathic cough syrup, give it a try, and you may get lucky in that one of the, the remedies that your child needs is in that combo. So you'll see some improvement. Um, and then sometimes, you know, you can either consult a homeopath or you can dig a little deeper, read up on all the individual remedies and figure out which one is it that's really helping my, my kids cough. Maybe I need to buy a little bit higher potency, yeah. but nothing over a 30, you know. I've got so many questions that you just kind of spawn and I want to hopefully be able to circle back to them. Um, two things. One is um, for someone that's listened to this and they're trying to visualize, you know, how uh, homeopathy is made. Um, some people might be f- familiar with Dr. Emoto's work, a Japanese doctor did um, a studies on water. And so if anyone's familiar with that, you can kind of see the resonance of just what the power of words have when written on a glass of water and how it freezes into different crystals. So um, I know for a lot of people out there that when you can't see something, it's really hard to uh, put faith in it or confidence that, oh, this is, you know, a legit science or something along those lines. But there's so much that we can't see that, um, you know, is still so valuable in our everyday lives, such as homeopathy. Yeah. Energy itself, Rex, I feel like is like that just in general, you know, I mean, for one thing, energy goes to our house and we don't see it, but right. it's really easy for people to say like, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. But man, you can tell the difference if you're in a room full of people and somebody walks in with great energy right. of how it can change the room or vice versa. If somebody walks in, walks in with really bad energy, you know, they're very upset about something. Um, how that affects everybody in the room. And I feel like when we talk about it on that level, hopefully people that are objective and open-minded about this will say, oh yeah, you know what? That energy makes sense. So why wouldn't it make sense in this as well? Right. And and the other thing I kind of wanted to ask Marcy off of, you know, what you said there is that, um, you know, here we are 200 years into homeopathy and Dr. I believe you said his name was Hahnemann, um, you know, started, you know, realizing that there was power in this. Um, well, you mentioned India right now. Is that where a lot of like current research is going into, you know, potentially new remedies or just the science in general? India is really uh, at this time at the head of the pack, shall we say, in, in the sense that homeopathy in India is part of the standard medical offering. There are homeopathic hospitals. Um, a, a, as far as I understand, a patient in India can choose to have cancer treatment that is purely uh, via homeopathic remedies wow. from a homeopathic doctor, go to a homeopathic hospital. Now, That's does that mean they don't, there's not surgery involved? No, there may be surgery involved, but there's homeopathic management of the entire treatment process. So there are colleges of homeopathy, there are homeopathic hospitals, those things existed in this country as well. But today, India is certainly, you know, one of the most important places in the world where homeopathy is very mainstream. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. As far um, as... As far as, and as far as the research goes, that's another, you asked that question as well. Right. 
that's where they've done the studies where they've done the photos with the electron microscopes and they've been able to see that the nanoparticles, as you referenced, uh, Dr. Moto's work, that there you can, quote, see the structure that is different in different homeopathic preparations. The pulsatilla one looks different than the silica one and so on. So for those who say there's nothing in there, and this is, of course, what you may find online if you do uh, research, try and research homeopathy online, you may not find a lot of um, the good information or the latest scientific information right away. But the Homeopathic uh, Research Institute, HRI, um, which is headquartered somewhere in Europe, I believe, um, has a conference now every year or every other year where the latest in homeopathic uh, research, scientific research, is really uh, coming together to let us know something that Hahnemann somehow or another figured out over 200 years ago, and now we're able to actually see um, and document not just empirically uh, the success of homeopathy in clinical treatment, but to actually see like the structured water behind um, what's going on. Awesome. What, um, go for it. No, I was gonna. I was curious, Marcy. What do you feel are some of like the biggest misconceptions as you're talking about you know researching online and what you'd find? You know, the what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions about homeopathy? Well, one of the biggest ones I think that you find all the time is there's nothing in there. You know, it's diluted so far that there's nothing in there. Well, yeah, it is diluted. It is diluted. No one's, no one's disputing the fact that the remedies are made with a process of serial dilution and succussion. But it's the succussion that produces the, what we call potency or the potentization of the original substance. And that's the genius of homeopathy. Now, we don't always understand the mechanism of how things work right, right away, but we certainly can say, um, empirically speaking, that um, there's an action of a homeopathic remedy. Um, when the remedy and the energy of the remedy, if you will, is matched to the disturbed state, to the symptoms, if you will. Um, so this idea that there's nothing in there, you know, now we have the electron microscope photos uh, to prove otherwise, plus the Nobel uh, winning researcher, Luc Montagnier. Um, I would have to look up where that re research exists online, um, has done several experiments showing and demonstrating that there's actually a radiation, if you will, from the potentized alcohol. Um, that is able to then um, have an effect on something external to the bottom of the bottle of alcohol. So proving the the energetic radiation of the potencies themselves. That work has already been done, and it's all out there in the scientific realm. Um, Speaking of, uh, you kind of touched on it just real briefly, Marcy, is can you kind of tell the difference between, or, or get into it just maybe a little bit, the difference between how, um, not necessarily Western medicine, but maybe pharmaceutical um, in general might not necessarily be going after the cause, but it more of just the symptoms and the oh. how homeopathy kind of is the opposite of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I'll use the example, I'll use my, my own current 
pain in the neck situation right now. <laughs> I've been having um, a lot of tension, probably a lot of uh, stress and overwork, shall we say. And, you know, the old crick in the neck thing. Right. Well, uh, I was away for several days. Now, I'm saying I had a lot of pain and crick in the neck, uh, muscular tension, shall we say. And while I was away and didn't have remedies with me, it got so bad over several days that uh, a friend of mine finally convinced me to take an anti-inflammatory uh, medicine. And because I had what you could think of as a lot of inflammation in that part of my neck. And I got to say that the anti-inflammatory actually took some of the pain away. It took some of the inflammation down. But underlying that, is this tension that's not just the muscular tension, um, you know, in that part of my body, but it's also the tension of, oh my gosh, I got too much going on. Oh my gosh, I'm not at home. Where are my medicine? All of that mental and emotional tension is also reflected in the physical. And so what the homeopathic solution to the problem is not let's take an anti-inflammatory and get rid of inflammation, but let's get to the root or the deeper issue, which is there's a tension that can be gently, all we have to do is remind the body or, or the body mind, um, maybe a better way of saying it, that you don't need to worry or work quite so hard. Everything will be okay. And so that remedy that corresponds to that feeling of oh my gosh, hurry up, get going, you know, as though I had a, a yoke on my, on my <laughs> shoulders here. I think we've all, we can all relate to that yeah. at some point in time. You know, a uh, good dose of, of Nux Vomica um, helps relieve all that, all that underlying tension. So the difference is we're not just treating the local inflammation, we're treating that whole person. And what I really like about homeopathy is that unlike a pharmaceutical drug that is a chemical that goes into the system and produces chemical changes that, you know, then our liver's got to process this stuff out. Or, you know, sometimes people have horrible uh, reactions right. to these chemical medications. The homeopathic remedy works instantaneously and it can resolve things almost immediately without introducing another chemical into the system because it is really i tell people it's like hearing your favorite song or being reminded of do we lose you marcy lost her for a sec hey while she's gone for a sec check out i found this article she was referencing of luke montier Pretty, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. I actually wrote an article about that, uh, summarizing that whole thing somewhere one time and saw him speak and so on. Anyway, it's, sorry, I'm back. No, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I was just telling Rex, it's, it's an incredible article. I mean, this guy is a Nobel Prize winner. Of course, I wanted to find what I thought would be the most critical website, which would be the Huffington Post, of course. And your headline <laughs> is Luke Montagne, Nobel Prize winner, takes homeopathy seriously. But he goes on there and makes some pretty bold statements. Um, and I, I was just going to read here real quick some of the, the things posted in the peer, 
So most clinical research conducted in homeopathic medicines has been published in peer-reviewed journals, have shown positive clinical, resu clinical results in treatment of respiratory allergies, influenza, fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, childhood diarrhea, post-surgical abdominal surgery recovery, attention deficit disorder, reduction side effects of conventional cancer treatments, in, in addition to many others. Some of these things are, I mean, obviously, Marcy, you, you know a lot of this, but some of these things are things that modern Western medicine haven't figured out yet, how to, how to deal with rheumatoid arthritis or even, even influenza, really fibromyalgia. I mean, we had a friend who had fibromyalgia and she, they said there's really nothing they can do for her. Um, it's pretty incredible some of the statements that he said in this, in this uh, article. Well, this uh, for the fibromyalgia, I think, is a good example of a condition that is best um, treated under the care of a, a classical homeopath or a trained homeopath. Um, it's not something that uh, lends itself to self-care. And why do I say that? Because the the underlying conditions, the trauma, if you will, that's probably involved. Um, when someone develops this sort of nondescript pain, shall we say, or we don't know where it's coming from. This can be from an old grief, for example. Um, never well since the loss of a, a child or a spouse or something like this. But we're often not able to perceive those things ourselves. And so under the care of the homeopath, then we're able to take everything into account, you know, the old traumas, as well as um, the unique characteristics, uh, what we might call the constitution of the person themselves. Some people are chilly, some people are warm, you know, tall, thin, short, so on and so forth. All that goes together to selecting a homeopathic remedy that will stimulate the organism, the person, the mind, body to rebalance itself using its own natural um, desire for balance and for harmony. Yeah, and I think we've talked about that before, you know, privately. And I, I guess, would you consider that to be a good synopsis on a, like a, a 10,000 uh, foot, 10, foot view of homeopathy of Western medicine is um, an external, an external, let's call it, uh, treatment to attack a certain thing or, or heal a certain thing, if, if you will, whereas homeopathy is um, something that comes in that then allows the body to kickstart its own process to heal from the inside. I mean, in, in essence, would you say that homeopathy, the, the, I don't know if this makes sense, the remedy isn't necessarily what's, ca what's causing the change for the better. It's, it's what triggers the body to then react and cause a change to get rid of something or heal something. Yeah. Okay. Pretty well said, Baden. Okay. I'll go with that. <laughs> I'll go with that. Is it common, Marcy, for you to see people kind of at their wits end? Well, you kind of mentioned it in your own story, how you kind of were, uh, nothing else was working for your daughter. Is that a common when people are just finally like, I don't know where to go, nothing's working? Uh, I think homeopaths in general in this country would say, yeah, we're probably the, the last resort. Uh, we're probably the last stop, last resort um, for a lot. And, you know, you pointed out things like, a lot of diagnoses, fibromyalgia, Lyme disease, and so on. There's not a quote-unquote cure for those conditions. People try a lot of things. Um, and then out of desperation, maybe they end up with the homeopath. And, you know, we give a 
pellet made of potentized sugar or I'm sorry, no salt. Let's let's say salt, for example. And you know, in a matter of days or weeks, a condition that's been there for years begins to loosen its grip. People are like, wow, what was that? Well, it was some old grief. Because the whole thing started when, you know, you lost your husband at a young age or whatever. Right. Wow. That's, I mean, for people that are listening to this, if they, you know, are intrigued by anything you're saying, do you have kind of, you know, um, somewhere to steer someone as far as maybe a book or videos or somewhere, you know, Vaden kind of found that article, but, um, you know, if someone's listening to this and they're like, I want to learn more about this, what would you suggest? Well, we're really lucky uh, here in North America that we have uh, the National Center for Homeopathy. They're an educational organization. Um, so their website is a good place to begin. I can't tell you the exact URL, but yeah, we you can know, put it you, in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, sure. National Center for Homeopathy is a great jumping off point. Um, I think, as you mentioned at the beginning, uh, I am a certified classical homeopath. Uh, Classical homeopathy is homeopathy, basically the original form, if you will, that Hahnemann developed, where we we shy away from the use of combinations. Now, I sat here and said combinations are great, and I (laughs) I do recommend, but it's it's when you get down to the, the deeper chronic disease states that we need to have that professional training. So, for example, the North American Society of Homeopaths um, is another is a resource for finding a qualified and trained homeopath if somebody's gone that far. Um, there's a book out there that is pretty simple, and I think there's an older version of the book that you can read online. It's called Homeopathy Beyond Flat Earth Medicine. Um, it's a pretty short read. Um, Another book I like real well is one called The Impossible Cure. Um, So for those who want to read a really touching story of um, one family's journey with autism into homeopathy and also get a sense of how the system of homeopathy works, uh, that book called Impossible Cure. And and she has a website as well. Okay. So Impossible Cure is also a good resource. Marcy, I was going to ask you too, if somebody is listening to this, they're inspired, but let's say they're in, you know, wherever, Illinois, they don't know any uh, homeopathic, homeopathic practitioners over there. Do you take clients over the phone? Is that something that you're open to doing if someone wanted to try and hunt you down and reach out to you and, and kind of start that relationship? Oh, I, you know, I do if there's not a local resource. Um, I work with people on Skype and and so on and so forth. I do always prefer people to have, uh, I think it's the best of all scenarios if you can have somebody that's local to you, um, particularly if you've got a family and so on and so forth. But either through NASH, the North American Society of Homeopaths, um, the Council for Homeopathic Certification, and then the other organization that I'm a big part of, actually, or I'm let me say a big fan of, but I'm also on the board is uh, free and healthy children international and free and healthy children is an organization um, that provides training and services for family and something for families and something called homeo prophylaxis. 
which is a preventative uh, form of homeopathy for um, infectious disease. And so there's also a good directory of homeopathic practitioners on the Free and Healthy Children website. Awesome. Those are great resources for people. Um, well, kind of rounding things up here, is there like any kind of final thoughts that you just want to impart on people, you know, just uh, that, like I said, that maybe have never, you know, even heard of homeopathy because there's definitely those people out there. Is there any kind of final thoughts? My biggest, um, one of the things that, that keeps me motivated and keeps me me driven to be a better homeopath is my really strong belief through experience of the power of our own healing response within the human being. We are driven to be healthy and we are designed for self-healing. What we're missing, and this is where Let's call homeopathy for just a moment. Let's think about it as homeopathy is something beyond mind and body. So what homeopathy provides access to is something more than just good nutrition, more than just staying away from your doctor, but something in the realm of accessing that energetic rebalancing or that special, unique tune or song that brings you back to your own healthy center. Mm. And that's what homeopathy is all about, is retuning you to be your highest and best self. And that's the definition of health. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Marcy, you've been an absolute pleasure. And I know that there's going to be a lot of people whose minds are blown from all the information that you've provided. Um, I can't thank you enough for taking time out to join us on My Corner of the Universe. Thanks so much for having me. It's been really, really a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Marcy. Yeah, you're awesome. And by the way, I'm feeling a lot better from uh, the rescue remedy. So that whatever was going on, that seemed to help. You know, it's the Star Bethlehem, and it has a very special affinity for um, problems in the stomach. Really? So that Star of Bethlehem, yeah, there's an old, there are a lot of really good old homeopathic books from, you know, 100 years ago. And one of the gems that I read about was um, the affinity of that star Bethlehem to stomach. And so the star Bethlehem's there in Rescue Remedy. I'm, I'm glad that helped you, Rex. Yeah, you're so awesome. Simple. Oh, oh, I do want to say, if there's only one remedy that I had, it would be Rescue Remedy. Good. Okay. So there, take all that. All right. Take that all one right. to the bank, parents. Take that to the bank. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Thanks, awesome. Guys. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Mercy. We love you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you liked today's episode, you can find more information at mycorneruniverse.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Thank you.